Welcome to the PJ Pod, brought to you by the team behind the Pharmaceutical Journal. Through this channel, we hope to keep you one step ahead of all of the developments in pharmacy, medicines, and the pharmaceutical sciences. What if it was this easy to get your medication? Introducing Amazon Pharmacy. Now you can get your meds delivered just like everything else. Really? Yep. We make it easy. Is an advertisement like this coming to a screen near you? Amazon Pharmacy's launch in November last year in the U.S. made headline news around the world, shaking up the pharmacy industry at the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Amazon this week announcing a very big move into the pharmacy business. It sent shockwaves through the industry. Is the tech giant going to take the healthcare world by storm or break it? That's the question of the morning. And John Ford. Since then, Amazon Pharmacy's become a major player in the U.S. pharmacy market, with Walgreens Boots shares falling by 9% on launch day. It offers discounts to its 200 million Prime members of up to 80% on certain medicines and free two-day delivery. Sign up for Amazon Pharmacy today. On it. Now, they've been granted a UK trademark, sending shivers down the spine of community pharmacies here. I am worried about the changes we are seeing as a result of COVID and also as a result of changes in the market. Now, Amazon Pharmacy may be entering the market as an opportunity, of what's happening in the market currently. And of course, yeah, we're all worried about what's going to be like when we get out on the other side of COVID. I don't think the community pharmacy is going away. It's just, as with all businesses, it's going to have to adapt. Um, there will be an incremental leakage towards online pharmacy. Um, but in five, 10 years time, I still see community pharmacy very much being at the sort of center or part of the community healthcare environment because of the way the contract's structured. It's just um, some of the smaller ones will probably go out of business because they're marginal on the moment given they're prescribing too low a volume. The UK pharmacy market's very different from the US. There's no opportunities to undercut the prices of medicines and the government's the sector's big payer. So how worried should community pharmacy really be? I mean, Amazon are offering I think it's 80% discount for prime members who don't have insurance on generic drugs and 40 odd percent on branded drugs. So price competition and convenience will tend to go quite well together. Uh, in the UK, you can't use price, so it's all about convenience. That was Matthew Lee, Managing Director at Investment Bank, Lincoln International. He provides advice to private companies looking to invest in the healthcare sector, including in community pharmacies. Online volume market share was sort of 1%, grew to 2% over a 15 year period. Um, and that is you know, now accelerated to 3% in the last you know, three or four years. So I think it is taking market share, but it's still from a very low base. We analyzed the data on prescribing in England ourselves. And what we saw was that of the billion plus NHS items dispensed in 2020, only 4% were dispensed by online pharmacies but the COVID-19 pandemic has contributed to a growing market. In March, 2021, 1.6 million people were signed up to have their prescription dispensed by an online pharmacy. That's a 70% increase on the previous year. So the online pharmacy market is slowly but surely eating into high street pharmacies dispensing revenue, particularly those smaller independent pharmacies who rely heavily on this income and don't have the cushion of scale that larger chains do. The model's changing, um, and therefore, if you then overlay Amazon Pharmacy coming in, 
I think some volumes will leak to online um, and therefore some of the smaller pharmacies will become less viable and may close. Larger pharmacies may be more likely to survive, but they're having to adapt even before Amazon Pharmacy emerges. Last year, the online pharmacy that saw the biggest increase in electronic prescription service nominations was Echo, owned by the same parent company as Lloyd's Pharmacy, McKesson. I spoke with the CEO of McKesson, Toby Anderson, to find out how this happened. Echo has had some incredible growth during the last year, and the COVID pandemic has clearly helped that. But I think um, that business was growing very quickly pre-COVID in any event, and that's because consumers, I think, really value the convenience that technology gives them. COVID and the first lockdown and what happened around that time clearly helped to accelerate that trend. But the trend was there pre-COVID. And I think the trend will remain there post-COVID or as we increasingly coming out of lockdown and society goes back to um, a more regular kind of way of way of living and way of working. Toby says the key to Echo's success is offering patients what he calls an omni-channel service. I think for us, Echo is popular because we're giving people the choice. I believe very passionately that we should provide patients and consumers with choice as to how, when and where they wish to access their healthcare. Now with Echo by Lloyd's Pharmacy, one of the key sort of points is our strategy is an omni-channel strategy. We've added functionality to give customers the choice as to when they want the prescription dispensed via um, sort of more modern methods such as through online or whether they wish to click and collect and have it dispensed in the Lloyd's Pharmacy. And um, we're getting really good uh, uptake of our customers as those wanting at times to go to Lloyd's Pharmacy, have a chat with the pharmacist and pick up their medication there. But it's, it's their choice. So yeah, when I asked Toby whether he was worried about Amazon Pharmacy getting a UK trademark, he was remarkably laid back. Amazon are clearly a large organisation um, that have had a lot of success in a number of categories. Um, so we should be aware of what they are doing or what they're not doing. However, um, you know, I, d I don't know what Amazon are going to do. All I know is what they've, what they've done so far. I think um, for us, you know, Echo by Lloyd's Pharmacy has a unique position, which is we're providing customers with an omni-channel solution. Customers of Echo can choose to have their medication through their app, or if they choose, they can pick it up from a Lloyd's pharmacist and talk to a pharmacist in a store. Amazon can't do that. And that clinical knowledge has been built up over hundreds of years. What we are doing is a lot more complicated a lot more difficult and a lot more important than many other categories you can find on a platform uh, e-commerce site that someone like Amazon may provide. And it's these features of physical pharmacies that smaller pharmacy owners are also hoping will help them survive, even if Amazon Pharmacy enters the market. Um, we've seen recently Amazon open, opening a shop down in London um, now that's a retail shop. It looks absolutely amazing where people walk in um, and they basically track you every movement with cameras and, and then you don't even have to go to a till. It just automatically goes through your phone. Um, I'm a little bit scared thinking of how a pharmacy could work potentially like that. That was Jay Badenhorst. 
He owns a small chain of pharmacies in the north of England called Whitworth Chemists, and he's chair of the National Pharmacy Association's online pharmacy services group. He says Amazon has a lot of work to do on their delivery system if they want to start delivering medicines. The, the other thing to keep in mind as well, should they enter the market in a, let's call it in a form that is familiar with community pharmacy at the moment, they will have to make huge investments in, for example, training for their staff and um, their delivery models. None of us want to find a note through the door saying that your medicines have been put in the recycle bin to be found that your recycle bin is being collected or under the dog bowl in, in the front of your house. We, we don't want our medicines delivered like that. So they will have to make huge investments in ensuring that what's currently a heavily regulated way of, of dealing with it actually keeps to the same regulations because ultimately medicines are not flowers you know you you you, you can't um, associate the same regulatory standards for buying something like flowers online or you know toiletries compared to medicines it's very different and we've got to we've got to remember that the NPA have done some research around how patient habits have changed during the pandemic with the vast majority of patients saying they visited a pharmacy in person and greatly value the face-to-face -face contact they received Amazon Pharmacy may be entering the market as an opportunity of what's happening in the market currently. Um, and of course, yeah, we're all worried about what's going to be like when we get out on the other side of COVID and what the market will be back then. Because during all of this, our consumers, let's call them consumers, and in our case, patients, obviously, have changed their normal way of behaviours. You know, traditionally, where they would go to a pharmacy, they may now decide to just use online. Um, and I worry that, that that change may be now permanent because we've been used to doing it for such a long time. Um, we've done at the NPA some national polling. And uh, for example, 74% of patients that we polled said that they want to see a local community pharmacy better integrated with services in a local level. And they want to see health and well-being centers. So a pharmacy then diversify into something that just not that doesn't just supply medicine, but actually that does the wraparound care for health, health and well-being around the, the dispensing of medicines as well. Um, but also, for example, they, they were saying that 68% um, of people that visit actually visited the pharmacy during COVID. Now that's significant. Nearly seventy percent of people actually visited the pharmacy during COVID. For me, that just absolutely screams of people actually wanting to have that face-to-face -face contact. You know, looking at someone in the eye and actually having that conversation. And let's not forget, it's got a little bit of a social interaction in that as well, which is very, very good for people's well-being. Um, and it's not surprising that 70, 77% of those people say that face-to-face -face contact with the pharmacist is absolutely crucial, not in the way we are doing it over screens, but actually seeing someone person to person. And I, I think we, we, we've, we've got to absolutely protect that in whatever shape or format that comes in. Um, that person to person contact is invaluable. But even still, a survey of more than a thousand people by management consultancy firm McKinsey found that 92% intend to keep buying products online even after the pandemic is over, including traditionally pharmacy products such as dietary supplements and over-the-counter medicines. Over two-thirds of people said their online purchases of these items would either increase or stay the same after the pandemic. But how can community pharmacies on the high street keep up with this new trend? Well, Toby Anderson says they might not need to. Many pharmacies provide an excellent service that doesn't necessarily require um, digital solutions. Um, you know, particularly pharmacists that know their communities really well, they've been there for a long time, they have a long established tradition there. Um, this is about um, 
I think people doing what they do best to compete and, and, and look after their customers and their communities. I personally think the centre of gravity will, though, move towards consumers expecting more digital technology. I mean, if you take doctors, for example, they went from almost no tele, teleconsulting to 80 90% overnight. And before COVID, everybody thought it was completely impossible. Um, but that shift has now changed. Now, it will go back a bit, but it's not going to go back to nothing. And so um, I, think, I think there's plenty of uh, opportunity for people to play their own game, to play to their strengths, uh, and to look after their own customers. For Jay, though, the prospect of Amazon entering the market means that community pharmacies have to bring their digital offerings up to speed. I, I think we need to be modern and progressive. And that means that whatever opportunities come along, we need to take it and we need to be really good at making use of those opportunities. I do also think that whatever change is coming our way, we should not stick our head in the sand and wish it away because the moment you take your head out, then you would be left behind. So we need to face the change and make use of the opportunities within that. Now, sometimes that's really difficult to see. And I think that's where the role of the, the NPA is as well, where we can sift through some of these things and give them the most important things that they need to do at that stage. So once you've got this really progressive and modern pharmacy, I think we also need to then have a modern progressive offering to our patients and also realize who our customers are. And then we've got to allow those people to engage with us in the level that they want to with us, not us with them. And that may be a mixed model of having face-to-face, person-to-person, online, um, through different services, so prescription collection services potentially, online advice, um, web chat and all of those things. I do think that we need to be willing and able to do that in the long run because that's if our consumers want that, if our patients want that, we'll be silly not to. But what does community pharmacy need to achieve that? Well, first of all, I think pharmacy need to be a united profession or community pharmacy need to be a united sector so that we can, as a united body, go back to the government and say, actually, we are so integral to primary care We've been staying open through COVID. We've been playing a huge role in all of this. Can you please recognize us and fund us appropriately for not what we do today, but what you want us to do in five years or 10 years time? I think that's absolutely crucial because if you're not funded appropriately, then you can't invest in new technologies. You know, it is expensive, but ultimately it pays off. And in the long run, it will be efficient for the taxpayers. So I do think we need to be funded appropriately. And then I do think we need to have the tools given to us as well. So for example, if there's something available through the NHS that can be done on a wide scale through all pharmacies, I think that needs, needs to be given to pharmacy uh, potentially as part of the package. But at the moment, that's unlikely. In England, community pharmacy funding is frozen until at least 2024. And the government has plans to cut dispensing fees even further, albeit using that money to fund new clinical services like pharmacy heart checks and stop smoking services. That's not the case in other UK nations, where funding has increased by £18 million over three years in Wales and £4.6 million last year in Scotland. Amazon is playing its cards close to its chest. We asked their press office what plans they have to launch a pharmacy service in the UK. And here's what we were told. I'm afraid we don't have anything to add at the moment. On background, as you know, we've made trademark applications for the Amazon Pharmacy trademark in a number of different countries. I would also note that there are clearly big differences in healthcare systems from country to country, and the service in the US is designed to serve the needs of customers in that market. Regardless of what happens, community pharmacy has to prepare. The talks of Amazon and Amazon Pharmacy has been around for years. 
Um, when I came to the UK, I celebrated my 20th year anniversary not, not so long ago. Um, so when I came to the UK, even back then, we started talking about it. Um, and I do think that we've got to realize that that moment is now closer than ever before. And where in the past it was a rumor, it's not a rumor anymore. And I think we've got to sit up and take note of what's going on. And this is now the time for us to start preparing. If we haven't started preparing as a sector, I think this is the time that we need to. You've been listening to PJ Pod, brought to you by the Pharmaceutical Journal, the official journal of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society. You can join the RPS for the equivalent of 50 pence per day. Just search RPS membership to find out more.